0: Welcome to Integrate Yourself, everybody. I'm your host, Allison Pillow, and you can find me at alisonpillow.com. I have put everything on that one website now, so I don't have three websites for you to go to. I've been consolidating lately and making it more simple for you to find out what I offer and what I teach. And so I teach holistic health. I teach holistic self-care practices that help you bring together a wellness practice That will create wholeness for you. It will create a a way of you prioritizing time for yourself so that you can get to know yourself better so that you can understand yourself better in these crazy times, all this craziness going on around us. We have to come back into ourselves, which is home. What I have coming up is the open the portal to your heart day retreat I have here in Portland. It's going to be a one-day retreat in person, and we're going to be doing story work. We're going to be writing, journaling, and uh, channeling the messages of our heart. I'm going to put you through some movement and vocal toning that will really Bridge the gap for you with this because our voices is the in between between our mind and our heart. It's that connection for us. So I'm going to teach you how to do that through simple practices, how you can do this every day and it can be really fun. Um, We're going to experience it and just help our bodies relax. We're going to have an organic lunch for everybody as well. That's included. And then my friend Sarah Egert is going to do a sound bath for everybody and a breathwork meditation as well. And it's just going to be lovely. It's going to, I'm so excited about this. So if you want to sign up for that, I'll leave the link in the show notes for that as well. That'll be September 23rd on a Saturday. And if you'd like to join us, I'll leave the registration in the show notes. Today's guest is my good friend, John Bucati. John is an American pioneer of the live painting movement. He began his career 20 years ago on canvas, capturing weekly band performances at a Kansas City Brew Pub, but has since traveled to India, Ireland, Mexico, and beyond, creating and sharing his work through mediums ranging from painting and sculpture to poetry and apparel. One of Buchati's most unique gifts is his ability to capture the essence of live action on canvas. He has been selected. To commemorate such events as the NFL Super Bowl, the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, and the American Century Celebrity Golf Championship. As a result, he has created a vast national network of fans and collaborators. He works often with Grammy Award-winning musician Anders Osborne on the Send Me a Friend project, which helps support newly sober musicians on the road. Leveraging his work and artistic influence, Bukhati has raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for organizations such as the YMCA, the American Cancer Society, and the Community Service League, and the Halo Foundation and SPCA. He has an annual feature at Paul Rudd's charity event, The Big Slick, to help raise money for Children's Mercy Hospital of Kansas City. He also devotes a great deal of time to teaching art to students of all ages. These charitable pursuits have not only shaped his work over time, but have cemented his belief in the powerfully important impact art can have on our communities. Socially conscious and visually stimulating, John's work has been featured in numerous solo shows. Having owned and operated three fine art galleries himself, he has also been featured in shows at the Denver Art Museum, the New Orleans Museum of Art, and the Nelson Adkins Art Museum in Kansas City. Celebrity collectors of his work include Matthew McConaughey, Penelope Cruz, J.J. Kale, and John Popper. He has dedicated his life to serving art by living with creative intention, giving back to his community, and using his talents to connect with the world around him. It is my honor and my pleasure to introduce my good friend, John Bucati, everybody enjoy That today we're welcoming my friend John Bucady to the show today. He's an amazing artist and I got the opportunity to meet him through the Artist Way group that I was a part of. I got to teach one of the classes, and he was one of the teachers too. And at the end of the class, we got to do this amazing retreat in Ojai, California together and got to know each other even better. And he is just such a special person and uh near and dear to my heart as well. We we definitely um resonated and and shared some uh common experiences and and he's got such a unique background that he's gonna share with you all today. Um, he is an amazing artist, and, and he um, has a very unique way of expressing his artistry, and we're going to talk about that today. So welcome, John, to the show. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. Um, you, I, 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 I feel the same way about you. You mean a lot to me, and uh, it was such a great experience for 12 weeks, and to cap it off with that retreat was so great. So thank you for uh, letting this kind of happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, it you're so welcome. It's my pleasure because I love having people on that um, I'm both connected to but also do are doing some amazing things in the world and I feel like you're definitely one of those people uh you check every box there and uh I would love for you just to start by sharing with my audience what you do um you know just give everybody an idea of also how you came to be doing what you're doing, which is a very unique thing.
1: I will. Um, that's a loaded question. I'll <laughs> try to uh, keep it simple and deep, right? Uh, you know, I started off in the Midwest, Kansas City, as kind of a suburban white kid football player, right? My dad played for the Broncos. I grew up loving football. I What I didn't really notice is that I look at the world really different. And when I say, look, I'm, I'm 30% deaf in my left ear and I'm, you know, pretty much a visual person inside and out. Um, I've, I've got an inner screen. I have uh, had synesthesia uh, where I see colors. And so I have a unique way of looking at things because I'm always seeing things um, with my imagination. And, you know, I see the world a little different than most people I've come to find out. Uh, high school, terrible student, got kicked out right away, uh, grade school and high school, ADHD, hyperactive, uh, hyperactive mind, hyperactive physically. And just the only two things that I really did well was um, football and art and everything else was Greek to me. So that took me I, I would say I had some charisma and I was able to talk teachers into passing me because when I say I was at the top of the bottom, my my scores were very low. Um, and uh, like I said, if you got a score for being the worst, I was the best at being the worst all the time. Like so I had that created a lot of shame, actually, and a lot of guilt thinking I was stupid, um, which drove me further into my strengths, which was football and art. So I get this football and art scholarship to college, which is pretty rare. And when I was in the art class in college, I was like chewing tobacco and had a flat top. And I was 6'4", 250, wearing sweatpants that said grizzly football. And like everybody else was wearing black fingernails and trench coats and, you know, look like, you know, like the cure and like, you know, and I felt like a turd in the punch bowl in the art class. Now they probably finally felt at home, but I think that, that time period, I was pretty much two archetypes. Like I said, artist, football player, and one was very boisterous and intense. And the other was very, you know, shy and bashful. I don't think I gave any love to that, artist I just think I was really good at it and uh it calmed me and I didn't I didn't really give it any love and uh, I I play at the University of Kansas where football is like everything at that time we were really good it was my dad played there my great uncle played there so that 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 archetype really took over my life I then went to Chicago, followed in my dad's football steps, or, or you know, as a salesman. And uh, you know, he went he went from football player to salesman. I did the same thing, put a tie on. I totally burned out. I uh, uh, hadn't done a painting in years. At twenty six, round like Y two K, I moved back to uh, Kansas City from Chicago. Get rid of the big city, and then grow a ponytail, lose a bunch of weight, start smoking weed, start listening to music, start doing this, acting like an artist, right? I'm going to be broke. I'm going to act like I'm, you know, a whiny bitch. I'm going to bitch about everything. I'm going to have, <laughs> I'm going to be an artist. And that didn't work very well. Um, because I had already tasted what music was like. I mean, money was like, and, and I needed money. And so I started painting kids' rooms, Curious George and elephants and stuff, because all my kids' friends were having babies. But um, when it came to my art, I couldn't find anything. So I couldn't figure it out. I had 50 unfinished paintings. I I was about to fail. I was about to, like, quit. Now, I was bartending a couple times a week, and I started when I would go to live music concerts, everything would light up, right? Like, all I would see colors, I would have all these ideas, and I'd be like, I want to paint, like, right now. So that was kind of the, you know, I had seen a guy named Denny Dent who had done this live performance art, and I said, that is me. So this introvert that was an artist, um, I would say this performer was like, I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm from Missouri. I'm from the show me state. You know, my dad was always about it's the action. And so that became, I'm like, I told the bar owner, I'm going to paint next to the musician every Thursday night. What do you think? He didn't have any idea what I was talking about. That, that was like November 29th, 2001. I believe George Harrison died that night. It was my birthday. It just so happened. I cut my painting, my thumb on my painting hand and Everything kind of started that night, truly. Um, I had several chances to back out of that, and I didn't. And uh, there was no turning back. A lot of things happened in that night, I believe. And I started painting live-to-live music. And then for seven years, I was in, you know, in the music business, painting all these uh, famous people. I was on stage with some of these famous people. I was doing festivals all over the, you know, the, the country. And it was specifically the jam band scene and the hippie scene and this free love world that was actually a um, counterculture to what was going on. It, you know, it was 9-11. People were pulling back in Kansas City. Nobody was smoking weed. I was getting kicked out of people's houses for smoking it on the back patio. And then in Denver, this little microcosm of what was going on was music and hippies doing you know uh hula hooping and fire dancers and all this stuff and i found peace in the middle of absolute chaos and that is also part of my old story that is where i i would sit there and find harmony and peace and just do these flowing paintings in a crowd of 900 people and that was kind of Beautiful. Somewhere around like 2007, I I went through a lot lot of loss. I lost my dad. I lost my best friend to suicide. I lost my girlfriend, my gallery, my minivan. I just lost everything. And for me, um, I had an awakening of sorts. I had this idea that this isn't really about me. Um, that this is just life happening and things happen and people die. And I started to taste a little bit of spirituality. Um, And also I realized how selfish I was as an addict. And I was a, you know, really self-absorbed, narcissistic uh, addict who was coping with all sorts of trauma and stories through, More and more dopamine or feel goods or whatever you want to call it, you know, yeah, to just more, more, more piling it on, running, running to standstill, so to speak, you know, just really running from all the pain. And so, I moved to Crested Butte, Colorado in 2008. I get really sober through nature and in a, in a uh, in a recovery program that we all know and that that helped that that really turned the titanic around before it sunk um i ended up going to india in 2009 and did 100 paintings in 100 days to go find out outwardly like oh i'm gonna go find you know myself in india because that's what you do when i get over there i i, I it's a funny story i i pay like a couple hundred bucks for a guru on the gods of Varanasi, right? And this guy basically paints my head and I give him the money and he's like, you know, the guy translated and he's like, yeah, you're a Christian. You came into this lifetime as a Christian. You're going to leave as a Christian and, you know, get the hell out of here. I thought that was pretty funny because that was like the one thing I was running from. And, uh, my, my Christian friends love that story. I love that story. <laughs> That's I, funny. I all the way to, you know, is that same thing. You had <laughs> to go all the way to India to find out that the answers are inside, right?
0: Yeah. Since then,
1: I've been married. I've been divorced. I have two kids. I have been a jack of all, master of none. I do corporate events uh all over the world and paint live so i've taken that live music element and given back because every time they hire me they have to hire a local band so i feel pretty good about that and we show up and i do a painting a big painting in about two hours and then they all get a print that's kind of my business i love it i'm going to greece maui um Scotland and uh, London all in the next like four weeks. So I, I do get wow. to see the world and get paid to paint, which is kind of what they all told me I wouldn't be able to do. They they all told me you will never be able to make it as an artist. And that, that's probably something you don't want to tell a younger John Bucati because he'll give you, you know, th- this, he'll give you half the peace sign on that one. Um <laughs> So that's kind of been my story. The last 12 years since I've had these kids have been me kind of working towards that. I've written, you know, a book about my dad that was really short. I've written hundreds of poems. I've done thousands of paintings since then. I paint every day. I write every day. Uh, art truly saved my life. And one of these days, I'm kind of kind of stopped like making this about my brand and just maybe i'll just be a teacher for the world one day soon so i'm kind of i'm, I'm at a very big crossroads right now as a creative as you've kind of seen and uh I've, I've been very shy about my poetry and my writings um so much so that when i'm like sharing them now i'm like should i share that and you know i um i uh I'm kind of like, you know, 49 and I'm looking really out at this horizon and it's, it's wide open and it's, you know, lots of hills and lots of flowers and lots of beautiful landscapes, but I don't know which, which, which route I'm going to be chosen to be taken on. Even though I have a clear view, I feel like I've always been in the, in the trenches, but something has happened to where I have kind of got this like scope and I don't, and it's like getting over a mountain range and seeing this huge wide open space. And, and I, I feel really good. This is some of the best I've ever felt. Um, not an extreme high, not an extreme low, something like we shared after that, after that, um, Retreat, some something close to equanimity, and that's mm. kind of what I've been being intentional about. Maybe it's the Buddhist middle way or whatnot, you know. But that's kind of where I'm at now. I hope that answers your question.
0: Oh yeah, that was amazing. Thanks for sharing that, John. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it, the way I experience it too. Is like a it's like creating an inner calm and an inner knowing where you don't. There's like less anxiety around what the future holds, right? Cause we're just more, even, you know, you're able to experience the, the present moment even more, um, in some ways. And so I think that's much of what we experienced. And so, yeah, so that's, thank you for sharing your story, John. And it's, uh, I can relate to a lot of that, especially with your, uh, with what you were sharing about being in school with ADHD and, and not feeling very smart. I had a very similar story. I was an athlete as well and didn't do very well in school. Wasn't really interested in school. It was kind of boring to me. Um, and, uh, but I love that you were able to really bring art and, and the athlete artist and the athlete together. And that's something I've been talking about for some time now with my book as well. It's like, uh, it's that those two archetypes, we can actually, we see them as so separate, such separate, uh, and opposite ends of the spectrum, but they're really one in the same. And so, um, you have the discipline of the, they kind of complement each other, I guess, in some ways too, you have the discipline of the athlete, and then you have the, um, you know, the, the creative expansion of the, uh, an expression of the artist and that I feel like we need both of those in our lives enabled so that we can find the balance there with our lives and our, our personal expression. So, yeah. Um, yeah, you said a lot there and I I was going to say some more about, about the athlete as well, but I think, um, yeah, yeah. It's like, It teaches you how to focus, but then then it comes to a point where you need to not focus, right, so much. And it's like you kind of have to let go and open up. And I feel like that's what you did with the work that you're doing now, which is such a beautiful expression of energy and motion as like what the athlete expresses through their body. Now you're expressing that through art because you're actually painting the energy that's literally in motion when you're listening to music, right, what you're seeing which is so cool. Yeah. That, and so it makes sense that you had that, those two experiences, they brought them together to express what you're doing now, which is so beautiful. Um, I wanted to, uh, get into, um, some of the things that you wanted to share here. Um, you, you listed a few things and, um, you know i'd really love to kind of touch upon um how recovery has has made a difference in um you know your creative process and because it it has played a big part and i feel like from what you've shared with me um it wasn't until you uh, were able to like something i experienced in the in the in the retreat was like okay i'm i'm actually uh, I, loving how, like really honoring my feelings and feeling actually for maybe the first time, not being afraid to feel in a way, you know, um, or being ashamed of it and just let, you know, and, and being so like grateful for the, for feeling, you know, because I think that's a part of life. And, and for me personally, I put a lot of shame on, on feeling or, uh, really, suppressed it or numbed it out also with, with substances too in the past. And that sounds like a similar, um, journey for you, John is like, we're, we're, it's like, sometimes we feel so much. It's so overwhelming that we, we, we feel the need to numb it out because we feel either ashamed of it or it's just too much, you know, for us to really handle in that moment. But I think that like you're, like you said at the end, like if we can find some peace around that, acknowledge it, um, love it for what it is and just let it move through, then that, and then we can actually express ourselves in a healthy way. So, um, so, you know, I feel like the recovery process for you has a lot to do with um, the numbing initially the feelings out, but then making peace with them and acknowledging that, oh my gosh, it's, It's so good to feel like this is kind of amazing, right? Self-care is finally a cultural phenomenon. The hashtag self-care has appeared on social media millions of times. So why aren't we applying it to our health and wellness? Instead, we beat ourselves up for not finding time to exercise, or we work out so hard that we suffer from joint and back pain. We struggle with diet, stress, and insomnia. That kind of health and wellness just isn't relaxing. It isn't joyful, and it definitely doesn't feel like self-care. Finally, thriving invites wellness into your life in a whole new way, bringing genuine self-care to your health and wellness routine. Learn how true self-care actually helps your body regenerate. Discover quick, simple exercises that build strength and flexibility, powerfully but gently, with hidden treasures along the way. Journal prompts, breathing exercises, relaxing meditations, and more. Merge your physical, mental, and spiritual wellness into one with Finally Thriving. And embrace a self-care wellness routine that will nourish every aspect of your life. If you want to pick up a copy of my book finally thriving, head over to the link in my show notes. You can get it on Amazon. You can pick it up uh, as well on e- as an ebook or audiobook. It's available there too. And if you want to dive deeper with me, you can head over to my wait list link and join the wait list for the finally Thriving program where we dive deeper into these aspects and learn more about ourselves. It's a three-month course in coaching program, and you get coaching from me every week. If you're ready to finally thrive, you can pick up a copy of my book or listen on audiobook, and this is going to take you through all the things, all the steps that I've brought my clients through and myself over 20 years of coaching, holistic health, wellness, and holistic healing. This is wisdom that will last you a lifetime. So follow the link on my show notes to pick up your copy of Finally Thriving so you can finally thrive.
1: Yeah, I, I, I really relate to what you're saying, um, especially with the retreat. For me, where, where I, I've been focusing on is not writing the story to the feelings and man I have gotten a feeling wheel and on Amazon I've really tried to decipher the you know expand on the feelings and you know like let's talk what the difference between compassion and empathy is and really study what the Dalai Lama says about that and how empathy can wreck you if you're not careful but compassion you know and really getting into these words, because I think my body knows what these words are. But for to go back to my earlier thought, it's like really be careful of the story you write. You do not have to have a freaking story to every feeling. And that's where I, I think it helped me for years to like, wow, I'm feeling anxious. Maybe I had six cups of coffee and that was the story. And yeah, that's probably... I need to change that narrative and it helped me. And now it doesn't. Now it's a thought sausage of too much, you know, thinking and the problem really is the thinking and the addiction to thinking. And I was with a friend over the fall who I spent some really good time with and she, she, amazed me because i hang out with a lot of people in recovery and we just keep going on and on about our thoughts and you know we're just replacing you know food with alcohol then we're replacing you know complaining with alcohol and and then it, you know then it's you know this and then it's thought and and she had talked about how she said she had never really been addicted to anything except thinking and i went oh that's great you actually You know, you have been able to control your thinking and that there is a lot to do with, you know, um, meditation and and stop attaching all these things to it. And that was my breakthrough in in the retreat was I set an intention to be deep and simple and not or simple and deep, not complicated and shallow and at the end of the breath work and all that i wasn't on this you know like i wasn't on this like overwhelming high i did come down a little bit on wednesday and thursday after the retreat of course because it was such a feel-good thing but there's something that is the first time in my life uh at the perfect time of my life that I'm not trying to maximize every minute of the day. And I'm actually trying to achieve nothingness. <laughs> right. and like right. so, These are the things that got me to where I wanted to be as an artist. Um, Jim Carrey talks about deep rest and depressed. I went through a huge depression before I was an artist. Yet at the same time, I was sitting there staring at the ceiling, dreaming about a giant studio and big walls, and visualizing what a life would be like if I had all these colors in my life. And I was able to have the freedom to just paint on big paintings. That, that problem, that, that thinking or detaching from anything and just wandering around and riding a bike in my neighborhood with, you know, without any direction at all and this Bob Dylan attitude and just didn't give a fuck. That was what got me to kind of not think my way into like creativity, but just you know, just play. Yeah. And you know, how do you do that? There's that's play is so important. And I lost that. Uh I lost that. And when I say it's the first time in my life um, that I'm like searching for nothing, I think that I had so many addictions back then that I was only tasting it, but I wasn't really having it. I was really addicted to drugs and alcohol in those days. But I I respect them now because it's what it's what broke broke me out of that, you know, that archetype of like businessman i went from a suit and tie making six figures um with a company car and a laptop and a cell phone when people didn't have cell phones like in in a year later i was broke uh six months later i was selling twelve dollar pieces of art with a ponytail on the (laughs) lot of a widespread panic concert in colorado i made a huge transition at that point to, to really um to really like i remember crying one night for three hours you know so something so that transformation and i know i'm like a little bit all over the place but i feel like i'm having that now in a slow kind of um a slow like you know shedding a little bit over 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 uh it, it's um i don't know how to say it because putting words to it kind of ruins it but i think you know what i mean yeah it's i just, do yeah just a midlife like transformation
0: like an unfolding yeah it's, it's
1: unfolding. Yeah. and i'm more so finding myself where instead of like i guess the what is it the crystallous or whatever the butterfly thing is it's like oh, instead yeah. of like ripping out of it and like being like ah i'm just kind of like no 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 let's just pause you know yeah. And, 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 breathe. And that has never been a, that has never, that that's just, that doesn't feel like anybody who's listening, who knows me would be like, pause. What? You know, <laughs> I thought it was kinetic and movement, but, but it's, 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 I've turned a walk. I've turned a run into a walk.
0: Yeah. And that's because you're starting to master your energy. And that's what I I started to look how I started to look at it, too, is, you know, that is actually there is a an aspect of us that's not tangible. It's unseen. It's unknown, but it is moving like it is energy in motion too. It's just a different kind of energy in motion, right? Than what we see in the physical world, the physical, you know, everything that you see with your eyes, it's like, it's not, that's not everything that there is. There's so much more that exists. And so we just be open with your mind to that uh, is a huge, huge thing. And I think like you're saying, John, with, you had to break your break yourself a little bit like uh and op- to open yourself up to all of these things and and it had to be extreme because um I know the feeling of being of like having a d h d and, and and like the mind like I've really acknowledged this lately, like I haven't done this before like this year but my mind works differently, and that's okay, you know, and I get that I get a lot of information all at once and it get it becomes very overwhelming or it has in the past. I know how to um i've I've done my much better job of managing it um but in a way that doesn't uh take a lot of energy so before I would have to manage and focus on in it in on it by like kind of what you're saying, like like the the idea of putting on the suit, acting like you have it all together, being a certain way for certain people, right? Kind of like presenting yourself a certain way and trying to really intensely focus on something. That's a way to do it, but it it gets really tiring after a while. It gets very exhausting, right? To do do things that way and to always kind of present yourself a certain way, Um it's because you're just trying to focus you know like that's just really what it comes down to from my perspective uh, because you got all these things coming in at once and um but it is um i appreciate where i'm at with it because it is a sign of higher creativity um i'm finding out and cuz my mind just works differently i see things differently than other people and and you know so seeing it more as an a, a gift a, a unique gift for myself is is the way I look at it and then learning how to work with it and learning, you know, what I need to support it and doing it using my mind in a certain way where um, I can honor that, but also uh, not, you know, be able to like, that's been my journey too: being able to let go of trying to hold it all together or present myself a certain way. I've, my journey has been, allowing myself to make mistakes, allowing myself to play with that, Um, even making mistakes intentionally. Like uh, Those who listen to the show know that I will keep mistakes in the show just because I like to provide examples and be a role model for people to not feel like they have to be so perfect all the time or have it all together. Like mistakes and play are a part of life. And that's actually what makes life so fun and interesting. Um, otherwise like it would be so boring. Right. So this is how we we come to these new ideas, these new, this new openness in our mind, this new, these new levels of imagination through mistakes and play. You know, we say mistakes, is it really a mistake or, you know, um but you know, what we view as a mistake, like it, there's such a broad range for that, right? <laughs> like I'm, I what I think of as a, as a mistake could be like an accident, you know, or something, but like a mistake, like if you're, if you say the wrong word, so what, you know? So people, I, I tend to worry about those kinds of things. Um, but I think that you're kind of, it's, it's a waste of energy, you know? Um, You may have something that comes out of that that's really beautiful. But if you're trying to edit yourself or trying to really um, present yourself a certain way so hard, you know, and so focused, then you kind of miss out on that, that creative aspect, I think. And you may have missed out on what, on the gift that you're giving people today, if you were still doing that, John. So, you know, in a way that, that was the journey that, that was a path that you were to go on in order to bring you back to here, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely think that there was a so much pain and suffering and, and a lot of it was self, you know, induced. I, I'm going to, you know, um, I'm not going to blame everything on being an addict. I made some terrible choices. I do think um, there is something that is a real, uh, how do you say, allergy of the body when you do drink and drug uh, that is a compulsion of the mind. And that is what I describe to a lot of people as addiction. To me, it's a very real thing um, on a very big spectrum. And I kind of lost my thought in there, but I was going to say something that this bandwidth of pain that I had is also a very big, um, it's also a very big, uh, book that I can help people in the future. Maybe that's just what it is. Maybe that's all that it is, is you have the bandwidth to help people. You have the bandwidth to, you know, have the empathy for the next guy you work with. I'm working with a guy who's continually going to rehab right now. And the focus is on me through his counselor in rehab. So I'm, I have that ability to, to hold the space and try to help this guy because it's extremely heavy stuff. And I have been gifted this past of extremely heavy stuff, right? So maybe that's just it. And um, I told you all at the retreat, I have gone through uh, an enormous amount um, of just... A ton of violence to be able to be in this much peace right now. And um, you know, I have it on my wall right here. It says responsibility plus kindness equals peace. I'm my dad's dying words were peace. You know, I have this peace sign to try to remember that I have done it through I have done this life. You know, I've been in probably fifty fist fights. I've been in, you know, car wrecks. I've been in violent arguments in my late teens. And you know, it was something that I have really um, evolved out of. You know, I don't know about fifty fist fights, but it sure feels <laughs> like I've been a hell of a lot of scuffles. I've been arrested for public intoxication. I've been you know, I've screamed in road rage before, and all that's not who I am anymore. Matter of fact, yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't even know who that is anymore. Um, You know, but it it, it was part of my story, and it can help me in the future. And that's Absolutely. so when you own your past, um, you know, your past doesn't own you, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you have if to you don't sometimes... Own
1: your past, If you don't own your past, your past will own you.
0: Right, right. Like if, yes, exactly. Like you're not acknowledging the shadow aspects of yourself, right? It's like, if you keep bypassing that, it's going to keep presenting itself stronger and stronger, right? Until you like really acknowledge it.
1: And none of this is mine. (laughs) None of this.
0: Right. Everything
1: I've probably said. I mean, I'm just imagine me and like, A human disco ball, like 900 pieces of mirror in like a bodysuit that's like a disco ball. I'm just a reflection of what I read or what I, have you know, heard. I heard a lot of stuff from my friend Anders today on a long walk. We were talking about all sorts of stuff that will probably bounce off and get in here and then it'll bounce off somebody else and they'll tell it to their mom and their mom will say it's their original thought and yada, yada, yada. I mean, none of this is, none of this is, you know, me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to see it. Yeah. It's a reflection. You're just reflecting back to people. And, uh, I don't think there is any original thought really. Yeah. It's like all in the collective consciousness. Like we have, we have access. Everybody has access to it. It's about being open to it. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, the light is bouncing off of all sorts of beautiful things and it's changing shape. I mean, what you see in the reflection of a lake is not exactly what's above it because of maybe a stick sticking out of the water or some ripples. But for the most part, it's the same thing, right? In a different form. And, you know, I want to claim that my style is my signature piece and my My little signature is mine, but the truth is, is like it's really I'm I wholeheartedly a conduit to the universe, and I'm like I'm more like an extension cord that just lets current kind of come through me, you know. Yeah, like a channel. I love the same. Yeah, and uh, and maybe an antenna. And I love the St. Francis prayer, and you know, I feel like I, I mean, I pray to my paintings and sage them, and you know, I I'm like. God, please work through me. And and you know, let me let me let me be an instrument of your peace. And then I do this painting. And then I am just like right at the end of it. I'm already an ego, like you, Katie. Mm -hmm. Me, you know. (laughs) That was me. Well, it's just like you're just
0: unveiling what was already there, you know, like it's like what Jamie was saying with um what is it, the sculptor, right? He's just
1: Right. Michelangelo, he, he, he just, he already saw David. He just went out and chipped it away. Mm -hmm. What is funny though, I did have a thought this morning that I want to share with you. So I just, I woke up at four and I went and wrote like three or four poems and I wrote my morning pages and then I got tired And it was like 5.30, and I went and laid down again. I had to take the kids to school around 6.30 or 7. You know, I had to get up with them before they get up. But then I closed my eyes, and I had this vision of, like, angel wings. And all the feathers were hands, just, like, 60 hands on each side. And they were all – and I was like, I'm going to sculpt them. I'm going to make them all different with my hands. I'm going to do this whole thing. And, man – I almost fell asleep because it was that, right, that area. Uh-huh. And I woke up and I typed it in my phone. Now, will I do it? I don't know. But I wanted to share that that is kind of, that's a gift. That's <laughs> not That's getting this moment where I receive something and I'm able to do something with it. Now, I don't know if I'm going to be like Michelangelo and go, go find rock and pull it out or if I'm going to go. Mold, you know, sixty hands and then glue them to what would be a wing. But I think, I mean, that just starts a creative conversation. I thought you would love that because you know you did want me to share some of my process on that. Yeah, I absolutely. I, I never know how like that is going to go to an idea, or, or you know, maybe ten years from now when I do it. But um I, I did want to share that with you, and then I wanted to share this quote with you and that's about all that i wanted to do so i'm going to use this time to take that quote that i love i heard because you know i i am pretty intuitive in like somewhat impulsive in a creative way and mm-hmm. i like i remember when i did my teaching i'm like i had to pull over and listen to that song and then i printed it out and read it to you guys but this quote i love this quote you see things and say why uh, but I dream things that never were, and I say, why not? Mm. And I believe that's kind of that creativity. And I'm going to read it again. You see things and say, why? But I dream things and that say that were never were, and I say, why not? And that's George Bernard Shaw. Um, I got that from... You know, Wayne Dyer and I thought I would share that because that to me, I feel that, I see that, and when and I call myself a dreamer and you know, I'm I got that hope card at the last moment. Um, when we left the retreat, I've written it down like six times. Those are the messages that keep me going. Yeah. And that I I feel that's in a under the creative umbrella. I really um you know, I don't want to say believe uh because well, I'm gonna th-
0: yeah I want to say something I about have, that in a second I have,
1: yeah. I have a lot of faith and yeah and the unknown has always treated me right and it as and I don't wanna say always because that's not true. I've had a lot of stuff that let's just put it this way the unknown has been really good to me. You know, I, I, in 99, I quit my job. And I said, Allison, I said, I'm going to go paint all over the world and get paid to do it. And everybody laughed at me. I was dead serious. I thought, you know, this is going to be like van life. This is going to be like me with dirty hands and I let it go. And I didn't think about it. I radiated that energy. A couple of years later I'm painting live and I'm, in that kind of vibration and you know cuz I'm leaning I'm just basically tapping into music not within but 8 years I'm at like the Ritz Carlton and you know I'm getting paid to do this all over the world the universe had a better idea of how I could do it than I did I thought I could do it with a band and a low budget but the universe is doing a way better job of it so I thought I'd share that with you too um you know, I, I believe, I, I believe, or I have faith in the dream.
0: Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's I so, it's so appropriate all the time, you do this. There yeah. are
1: thousands of people, uh, millions, making millions of dollars in art and music and production and film and dance. And this industry under the umbrella of art is huge. Yeah. So, for you to go in and tell yourself there's no money in it, that you're just going to do it for passion. What a crock of shit. There are people (laughs) making a lot of money and some in something, some, and this isn't about money, but this is my little soapbox to tell people that if you walk into a situation already Mm -hmm. saying you can't do it, you're really in trouble. You know, you're blocked. Yeah.
0: I wanted to uh, bring up the power of intention because you, you do it so well. And, um, hopefully you have about 10 more minutes to spare here uh but i would love to get into that um and i wanted to comment on something you said as well um, cuz the, the the word belief came up in our class and it's so funny i came across this um this book called project 369 and uh and it led me to this quote in the book that gave me a little bit more of a um uh I guess clarity around that. Like because yes, uh, you know, all beliefs are untrue, but we limit ourselves with our beliefs too. So like it's kind of like what I was sharing in the class, like we beliefs can be stepping stones on to get yourself into a deeper sense of faith. But what I, what this quote said, true separation is created by believing we are only our beliefs rather than believing we are the believer, which I really liked because it's like, okay, then that you stay open, like you say, you're, you're the dreamer, you're the dreamer of your own dream, right? And when you can look at it like that, no beliefs can limit you, you know, you, you are the believer, the beliefs come from you, (laughs) like it's all coming from you, right, in a way. so um. So with that, I want to just talk, if you have, uh, till 10, 10 AM my time, um, about the power of intention and how you use it, because you're one of the, (laughs) one of the few (sighs) people that I know that uses intention like you do and, and just the level of manifestation that you experience is just mind blowing to me. Like, so, um, you know, because you'll, you'll put the, like you were describing, you'll actually take action and put these words in front of you. So you, so you, you have your intention right there in front of you. You will, uh, repeat them. You will remind yourself of them. And just, I would love for you just to share how you, first of all, you know, how the power of intention has uh, changed your life, but also how you use it on a practical daily basis.
1: Uh, it's great question. Um, that's your answer. <laughs> for the most part, I try to listen, and I try to get real quiet, and I try to detach space off and just let go and. I hear something that may not be mine. And then I know that's that's good stuff. Um, we talk about the whisper. For me, I don't know if it's a whisper. I don't know if it's clear audio. I don't know what it is, but it isn't me. And um, it's it's a gift. And so when I get that, I have been able to, I have had several times where I have held that gift and dropped it. And I have had several times where I have taken that like in the ashes of that ember. And it's brought me to tears and I've had a little bit of spark. (sighs) Blowing on it, maybe lighting a stick, and then taking that stick and lighting a fire and some paper and igniting that idea and choosing the right people, and then writing that idea on a post it note, and then writing that idea on a 5x7 index card, and then writing that idea on a big piece of butcher paper, and then praying about that idea and letting that idea have its own life. And that is intention to me and letting, and letting that have its own life, knowing that that was a gift for me. And if it doesn't go to me, it's like a toaster with wings. It's going to go some to somebody else and it's going to be given to them and they're going to be the conduit. And sometimes missing out on it is the inspiration that I need. Um, I do Japa. If you don't know what Japa is, you can Google it. I think it works. It's talking about the vibration of, of, of what is the sound of God, God, Allah, Buddha, Krishna. I mean, they're all the same thing. It goes yeah. back to the same thing, and it's the sound of Ah, God. Right? Uh, I,
0: uh, you know, call it whatever the you heart, want.
1: People, right? yeah. Some people call it quantum physics. Some people call it manifestation. Some people call it the placebo effect. Some people uh, call it prayer. It's all the same thing for me. And yeah. it, when I put it out, it multiplies. When I put it out, it again, it multiplies, unless I don't put it with the right person. I used to show my brother my abstract paintings, and he would go, I don't get it. And I would get down on myself. I learned through a lot of things. Don't show people, don't sabotage. So, I mean, I would say that we could probably, you know, do something creative right now with the intention and do take two minutes and write, you know, a quote and manifest it and 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 let it be something. I mean, we. that's how... Playful it has to be. I like to put strictures in place uh, that create healthy boundaries around play. And sometimes that's intensity and sometimes that's peace. So I I could say maybe we're going to light the room with candles, lay down for an hour. Our intention is to lay on a canvas and squirt blue paint all over it and squirm around and write it. And then that's, that's, that's peaceful. Or I could say, Hey, listen, the next 45 seconds, you know, we're going to draw a happy face. So those, those strictures are, you know, giving permission for play. Um, I love spoken word. I love uh, that spontaneous flow of energy, you know, of, you know, the stream of consciousness. I was actually really into that in my writing a few years ago. And then I'm not, I'm more into, um, well, I guess that's not true. I'm more into the stream of consciousness part of painting now. So I just kind of like squirt yellow and squirt red and squirt blue, and then just kind of play with it. That's how I came up with those hundred uh, thousand pages during COVID. Mm-hmm. And I just let them happen. I never judged them. I never said yeah. anything. I never showed them. And then, uh, you know, I would just squirt paint on the thing, play with it, and then write um, write what that said. You know, if it looked like a yeah. clown, I might write a thing about me that's a clown. And then you saw them.
0: It was amazing. So, yeah, I loved everyone. Now,
1: now I'm carefully making them a book. Yes, they they became a book. I that you know, so um it, uh, that was an interesting thing. I I also am manifesting right now something I'm probably not going to share with you because I don't think it's a safe place to share to the universe.
0: Yeah, because
1: it's such an embryo. I yeah actually intuitively think. Of- if I say that right now, I might risk it's not healthy enough to to yeah. share with you the roots. I respect
0: so, that. Yeah, that that's so, important but, for but, people to know, to discern between. Yeah, when to so share and when not but, to.
1: But when I went to India, it was very intentional. Yeah, and I was like, I'm going to do 100 paintings in 100 days because I was so scared to get over there, fuck around, and not work. And I was like, I can do a painting a day. I'm going to India for hundred days because it ended up we were going a hundred days. I was like, we're going a hundred days. I'll do one painting a day. We'll do a hundred paintings. We'll call it a hundred days, a hundred paintings ago. What a great title. <laughs> and then little did I know doing a hundred paintings in a hundred days was a lot harder than I thought, but I had a great team and, um, that was intentional. I put a lot of goals in order to get to be a I put a lot of goals in my process um, to get to a place where I can paint every day or create naturally. I don't know if I'm a gifted painter or if the gift was the juice that I have to really want to communicate through art, music and poetry. I don't know. Cause there is such a drive behind it that, um, that isn't me. I was born with that. Um,
0: yeah, I think it can but be I'm both not that
1: great of a artist. Like as far as like skill, like I'm not like this portrait artist that blends better than, you know, anyone I'm, I'm just creative. I am creative. I, you know, I. Have a, they say a jack of all is better than a master of one because True. the jack of all is. They kind of mess that quote up, you know. Um, it, it, you
0: want to have a broader, broader way of seeing things, you know, like it's a holistic right. view, and uh, I don't know. I I don't think it really matters, John, that you're the artist that you that you're saying that you aren't, I, I think that you're an amazing artist from my perspective. And it's like, you're very, you inspire me. so I think that's what art is here. You know, this is why we express ourselves this way is to inspire each other to find that within ourselves.
1: Yeah. I would tell you this, and this is, we're getting to this final thought and I want to, I want, I, I just took a walk. I mean, the Dow talks about when you mention God, it no longer becomes God really all talking. Is ego. Yeah, we're really you know I don't want to say this in a self-deprecating way, but we really don't know shit about fuck. And true. <laughs> I laugh when I say yeah. it. I, I I I go back to this isn't an irresponsibility. I'm just sharing what I will probably listen to this in two years and think, wow, that was really. Good, but that wasn't. I'll probably listen to it in five years and go, "That kid is crazy." I might, you know, or ten years later, I might go, "Oh, that little look at that guy." You know how sweet because that's really (laughs) how I am. Always kind of changing my—I don't want to say belief system because you know—but there are things that don't. I'm, I'm um, shifting a lot you know and what yeah. works for me today won't work for me tomorrow but overall i have been the same person my whole life in a lot of ways a seeker um you know um a creative and somebody who's in movement you know and and loves loves the earth you know
0: yeah i mean it's that energy and motion you know that you're bringing into it and we're all energy in motion it's just whether we realize it or not, and, and so there's always a deeper circle of truth that you don't know. That's the unknown, but if you are willing to continue to step into the unknown um, in a in a way that is curious, then I think that's where the magic happens. You know, of course, we're going to be different. We're going to continue to change, um, but that's just part of life. You know, because we are energy in motion.
1: I love that. I will tell you, time, T-I-M-E, things I must endure. (laughs) I like that. Another good one. Then that didn't come from me. Um, (laughs) Another one that I love is practice not knowing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's it's openness and expansion to knowing what you do not know, you know, or learning about it and getting curious about it. So I think that's what our childlike curiosity is all about. You know, we can always come back to that. So, um, John, before we close up today, will you please leave everybody with uh, ways to find your work and and to connect with you if, um, like, they want to go see a show or they want to hire you to, uh, um, to do a, a show or a performance?
1: Yes. I, um, shameless self-promotion has been a big part of my (laughs) marketing plan. So um, not that I really have one, but uh, I would be, um, let's see. I would tell you that you could go to johnbucati.com, J-O-H-N-B-U-K-A-T-Y.com and message me. Um, You can go to John Bukaty at Instagram, John Bukaty, my personal page on Facebook. And, um, yeah, that's it. Those are the best ways to, to be in, to see my stuff. And, uh, yeah.
0: And yeah, of I'm course, if helped, people want to buy your art as well, that that's a great place yes. to go, right? Okay.
1: Yeah. Buy my art. So I don't have to go back and be a bartender.
0: <laughs> you don't, you don't have to go back to the ponytail, right? It's like, oh. <laughs> well, that's wonderful. Thanks so much, John. This has been a pleasure to talk to you today. It's so great to connect with you again. And um I'm looking forward to seeing you seeing you again in the in the future sometime I'm sure yes. paths will cross again. Um but yeah Get down but,
1: to New Orleans and uh, yeah I would I will Portland. Portland.
0: You never know. I might be out there at yeah I mean my family in Atlanta so uh, it's not That's too right. far from there. Yeah. So well, thank yeah. you
1: so much. I appreciate thank you, you so much. All right.
0: sets the stage for you to receive what the world has to offer. When you're able to receive what the world has to offer, you automatically build trust that you will receive what you want in your life. Why is this important? This is important? our parents, what we did or didn't get, and our level of trust that we'll be taken care of and in the universe's abundance. Many of us grew up in households that weren't perfectly nurturing, so our ability to receive was compromised. Receiving became something we needed to learn how to do on our own, and for some of us, we're still learning. If you're not allowing yourself to take in the goodness life has to offer, by acknowledging your wins and receiving love from others, you will always be searching, 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 and never feel like you are doing enough, enough.